Hi, this is Sean Benson from Harvest Church in Warrensburg, Missouri. I want to thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. For more resources, log on to harvestwarrensburg.com. Boy, in 1971, a, a small group started gathering together. And by 72, as I understand it, and I've got a lot, I've got to walk carefully because people understand it better than I do in this audience. You know, something was more formalized in this house. We kind of call 1972 our, our origins. That's why we're ultimately celebrating our 50th. But, you know, these guys just, just college kids, you know, just, just, just coming together. If you were with us last night, you heard Jeff Buck, you know, uh, Pastor Jeff talking about, well, they didn't know what they were doing. You know, he didn't know what he was doing. They're just college kids gathering together. And, and I, I can't help as I, as I think back on the stories and, I, and, I, and I, I think back on the reality of where we are versus where we started. And I, and I wonder, I wonder if those college kids, maybe outside of Jeff, but maybe not. I, I wonder if they thought what they were doing was significant. I'd be willing to bet. I'd be willing to bet that most didn't. I'd be willing to bet that most were just looking for a fellowship gathering. They were just looking for like-minded believers. They just were, you know, they were in college together. They were just, they were looking for connection. I, I, I know Kevin yesterday talked about he was looking for a spirit-filled expression, right? Uh, they all had various reasons for why they were gathering together. And, I, and I'm just wondering, as they, as they gathered together, like, did they know that there was something significant that was happening? I suspect not. I, I, suspect, I suspect that most were just going through the motions. And listen, I, I'm not trying to say that, 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 that that's a bad thing. I, I'm just saying, like, that's life. Am I wrong? Like, it's just, like, I don't wake up most mornings and think to myself, man, those weeds I pulled out of the church flower, but that was a significant day. I'm going to mark that one down in my journal. Like, that's a historic moment. I got to pull those weeds out. You know, the 50th was coming. One want to make sure that was all cleaned up out there. This was a significant moment in my life. Right? I mean, am I wrong? Like, like is, it, is, it, is it that our lives are filled full of a lot of mundane moments, just normal stuff, and at any given moment, we probably don't wake up from our beds thinking, this is significant. Man, I am, I am moving mountains. I am changing the world. In fact, what I hear from most of us is that, man, when I was younger, I really thought I was going to change the world. And somewhere along the lines, we started to believe in the lie that we weren't. See, it's just a lot of mundane. It's just a lot of like normal life stuff. And, I, and I'm questioning, I'm wondering, like, did these guys know all the way back then, 50 years ago, that what they were doing is significant when perhaps it felt like they were just assembling together because they wanted the fellowship of other people? And, and, I, and I wonder, I, I wonder, like, the reality is this, that like in the midst of their own story, in the midst of their own perhaps seeming insignificance, you know, in the, in the, in the midst of even maybe their own unintentionality, this little gathering, like did they, did they know? I don't think they knew is what I'm trying to say. That, that this was, that they were, that they found themselves square in the middle of a God-sized story. That they found themselves right in the middle of God actually using the little insignificant, mundane, normal story of their life to get ready to plant the beginnings of what would be a church that would stand 50 years later. And, and 50 years later that there would be, you know, hundreds of healings in the books. Come on, how many of you know Jesus is still alive today? 
you know, hundreds of healings in the books, you know, marriages that have been restored and put back on track, people who have come through our doors. I remember we used to have a drummer. We thought he was saved. Sometimes I thank the Lord that I'm ignorant. <laughs> You know, but who gets saved on the team. The marriage is restored. They were infertile and God touches them. And now they've got a couple of kids. Come on. You know, I, I think of the stories of the, of the marriages that have been restored. The, the countless salvations over the last 50 years. You know, the people whose lives have been touched and transformed. Who have been set literally on the course of their destiny. For all of the conversations and all of the things. Like the hundreds of thousands, literally. The hundreds of thousands of dollars that have been pumped into this community because this church exists. Did they know when they were assembling together as a small college group on a campus, probably just because it seemed right at the moment, that 50 years later they would get to reap the fruit of their gathering together? That their normal, seemingly insignificant, routine day was actually them finding themselves exactly where God wanted them to be. That God was going to wring out something significant, something amazing out of their normal. Now I want to turn it back on you. Did you know that your life is significant? You know you're here on purpose. You're seemingly boring in some cases, mundane, normal, natural, I just pulled the weeds, it didn't feel very significant in the moment kind of existence, that it is significant. See, we, we, we believe the lie that we just had. It's like we're going through the motions. And, and honestly, we can get to this point where we kind of go, like, I, I'm disparaging. Like, I don't even feel like God's using me. I don't feel like anything is happening. I'm not where I thought I would be. Things aren't happening like they were supposed to. And we can begin to believe the lies of the enemy that we are insignificant. And we forget that we serve a God who said he would literally work all things for good. But do we really believe it? He'll work all things for good as long as I was partnering up and it looked pretty cool when it happened, right? No, that's not really what it says. It says that he's going to scrape together all of the seemingly normal mundane stuff that he's behind the scenes actually leading everything. And he's lashing it all together in his magnificent, perfect plan. All of the little insignificant moments, all of the conversations that you didn't think went very well. He's using every bit of it to lash it together into his master plan, working it for good, executing his purposes, and this in his generosity, releasing fruit of everything that he's doing back to your account. Now, come on, tell me somebody doesn't like the good news of how generous our Father God is. <laughs> we can't buy into the lie that our lives are insignificant in any way they are not. I am here to testify that mundane, normal stuff that we do is significant before the Lord, and He uses all of it. He works all of it out for good and for His glory, every bit of it, because He's that big and He's that good. Yeah, come on, say it. Am I right? <laughs> I wonder how many of us have come under the, the performance culture that is here in America. 
and, and maybe you've stepped out. Like maybe you like you're like I'm swinging for the fences, baby. Like Pastor Sean was talking about evangelism. Like we like this is something I gotta do. Like like Jesus is worth it. I'm gonna I'm gonna step out. And you have some of those conversations, and they fall flat. And you kind of walk away feeling a little bit more condemned than you were empowered. And you kind of walk away because, see, we think that if we share the gospel, that somehow it's our responsibility to make sure that thing is sold and closed up right then and there. Like, and I'm failing if somehow I haven't led this person from A to Z right here in this moment. And we forget that we all have a part to play. See, recently I got to pray with somebody to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. How many, first of all, would say, come on, Jesus. Right? There's no bigger miracle than that right there. Right? I found myself, and while, while that's never an insignificant moment, I, I, I found myself kind of reserving maybe a bit of my excitement in the moment. <laughs> I found myself reserving a bit of the excitement. And, and the reason was because it was abundantly aware, or I was abundantly aware, this was not my fruit. <laughs> I, I was just the guy that was like at the right place at the right time. I didn't have anything to do with it. I just happened to open my mouth. I had a desk with a plaque on it. That was it. That's all I offered, right? Like, I was just abundantly aware that, that somebody else had plowed this field. Somebody else had done the work. This wasn't my... And so there was, like a, like, there was a bit of a, like a lackluster moment for me. And then I had this aha before the Lord. And I go, wait a second. This is how it always is. This is how it is by design. See, we all have a part to play, and we buy into this lie sometimes that the part that we play is insignificant. Sometimes we have a, we, 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 we have a conversation that, that we think, that's like, oh, it was nothing, it was no big deal. But you had the goodness of God on display, and you kind of walk away going, sometimes we feel like we just bombed it all together. Other times we just go, well, that wasn't significant at all. And man, I, I don't know if God's using me. I don't know if this is working. I just don't even know. Like I kind of stepped out a little bit. And, and we have all of this doubt that we're plagued with because of this performance-oriented culture that we live in. And, and we, again, we don't understand that it actually takes every single person. Like, I've got a sphere of influence, but that my sphere of influence is actually connected with yours, and it's all integrated, and it takes every single one of us to open up our mouths, to do our little piece, to share the goodness of God, to share the gospel of God, to, to, to walk somebody through their brokenness, whatever it is, but we all have a part to play. And I was reminded of my own salvation story. You know, and, and, and looking back, I got saved in high school, and, uh, you know, I was a little bit like Jeff in the first beat. No, I have no idea. I'm just teasing him. The, 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 the first little bit, it, 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 I was doing what was modeled to me, and it wasn't Jesus-like. <laughs> you know, and the good thing about someone like me in high school is that you catch the attention of people. And, and I didn't mind doing that. And I happened to catch the attention of a whole lot of praying teachers. And after I gave my life to Jesus Christ, those teachers began to come out of the woodwork, and they were like, I'm so excited for you. I've been praying for you. I'm like, you've been praying for me? I had no idea. See, there was an entire intercessory panel of teachers who did not exactly like the Sean I was, praying that I would, would, be, would become the, 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 the Sean infused by Christ. And how many of you know they won? Yeah. <laughs> they won. And, 
And I'm, and I'm thinking back over the history of my life, and I'm realizing that it wasn't just these interceding teachers. It was, a, it was a lifetime of circumstances, a lifetime of people sowing seeds all the way up to this moment when this guy from Young Life, a ministry to kids in high school, he comes and we have this meeting. By the way, there are people interceding for this moment. Like, and here I am, and he's like, hey, what do you think about this message? What do you think about this Jesus guy? I don't even know what's happening to me, but I just, which, by the way, you find out is just how I do. I didn't do it before then. (laughs) I'm crying like a baby right before. I don't even know why. I give my heart to Jesus. How many of you know there were a lot of players involved in the salvation of Sean Vincent? See, we can't diminish the little bit that we get to play. We can't diminish the little pieces uh, all along the way of somebody's story. We can't diminish our own sense at times of, of insignificance. Or we, 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 I just, let me say it this way. We can't partner with the enemy who wants you to believe that your life was for nothing. That your life was insignificant. Boy, you didn't take enough risks. You didn't, you know, we always talk about, well, when I get to the end of my days, I don't want to have regrets and these kinds of things, right? That's great. That's good. Don't get to the end and have regrets. You hear the voice of Holy Spirit tell you to go, go. Don't have any regrets. I agree with that. That's great. But don't buy into the voice of the enemy that says that all of the normal stuff that you do on a daily basis doesn't amount to anything, that you didn't accomplish anything, that it wasn't good enough. No, no, no. No, it was significant. You, you are significant. God in you is significant. You are where you're supposed to be. You are in place. He is using you. He's using every little weed that you pulled, every little conversation that you spoke, every person that you saw and turned aside to. He's using every argument, every time you failed, every time you screwed up and wanted to pound some guy, every time you blew your top at your kiddos. He's using it. Do you believe that this morning? Mm-hmm, a little bit. We believe that it's in the Bible, but we're having a hard time believing it in our here. Boy, the enemy's gotten too much of our attention, hasn't he? He's using it, guys. It is significant. You are significant. Think about this. How big is our God? How big is our God? How often do we believe that our little screw-ups and our misses and our moments like somehow are bigger than God in reality? That's what we believe. Like how often are we tempted to believe like the, the God of the universe who has filled me with this Holy Spirit probably can't get me there because I'm just making too many mistakes. Why do we believe that our ability to screw it up is bigger than God's ability to execute in our lives? We're talking the God of the universe. We're talking the God who, who knew your name before anybody else did. He knew and formed you in your mother's womb, called you by his very purposes, gave you gifts and talents. He even picked, up the hair, picked out your hair color and some of you the lack thereof. <laughs> I was thinking of you when I said that. Think about that. You didn't get to choose, did you? Our God, he, he's, this is, this is the, he knows everything. He knows the beginning from the end. He knows everything about you. He created you. 
Now that same God lives on the inside of you. Empowering you in purpose. And listen, whether you know it or not. Empowering you for significance, whether you know it or not. God's behind the scenes and he's moving. Again, we're talking about these college kids back in the beginning. Just assembling together. And the fruit of what would come, they didn't even know they were in the middle of God's divine plan unfolding. Some of them probably did. Most probably didn't. You don't even know this morning, perhaps, that you were right in the middle of God's divine plan unfolding. (laughs) Boy, I wish I could see the beginning from the end, but then again, I wouldn't have this thing called faith, would we? Now listen, I'll be the first one to tell you I don't like faith. (laughs) Believe it before you see it. Can I just see a little bit? (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know why God has lashed everything to faith, but he has, so get over it. It's happening in your life right now. Whether you see it, whether you believe it, he is moving. Come on, are we all right this morning? Listen to this. This is kind of the way the Apostle Paul says it. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. He says, well, first of all, I should, I should preface this with some context. Uh, the church, who has always been the church, because it's always been full of people, and sheep sometimes aren't Christian. Is that safe? Now my pastors, they know what I'm talking about right now. Uh, and here's the thing. Sometimes we think that our generation is the worst generation ever. The Bible says there's never been anything new. There's nothing new under the sun. It's all happened. It's all been going on before. Ask these guys that are from the 70s. I bet they'll tell you some stories. <laughs> you know, and, and all the way back in the beginning, we have this church in Corinth who's arguing about who, you know, who's the coolest. Is it Paul or is it Apollos? Like, you know what? Actually, I'm in the Bill Johnson crowd. Right? That's, you know, there's like, there's a mega movement. It's like multinational. You know, like this, you know, well, I'm, I'm in the, the Randy Clark crowd. And so we see a lot of healings over here. Bill doesn't see that much. Right, okay. Right, so, so in the midst of this kind of nonsense... We have, we have this address. He says, this is the Apostle Paul. He says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God was the one causing the growth. So that neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything but God who causes the growth. See, now this is the revelation that God began to gave, give me as I prayed for one to receive Christ and realize abundantly that this was not my fruit. You see this? Some planted, some watered. They don't mean anything. Now, the Apostle Paul isn't minimizing his or Apollos' role, you understand? He's not minimizing their contribution. He's simply pointing out that all of us have a contribution. Like, I did my part. This was my wheelhouse. This is what I did. I was obedient to this. He did his part. He was obedient to his part. And God breathed on the whole thing. God gets the glory at the end of the day. Right? But can you see that, like, everybody played a part? Now, what if the Apostle Paul bought into this, like, performance-oriented culture that we struggle with here in America? What if he was like, I just, I don't even know. Like, I planted this church. 
doggone Corinthians. Like, I have to fight him tooth and nail. Like, here, oh, the, the wonder boy shows up, Apollos. And now all of a sudden, the guy who planted the church and sacrificed and did all the labor and took all the licks and the hits and the, took the bruises and was beaten and drugged, all the stuff that happened to him. Everybody forgets me. And Apollos, all of a sudden, is the superstar on the scene. Like, isn't he awesome? What if he came under all of that? So true. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, well... I guess I've just been forgotten. But he doesn't, does he? Now, in fact, in fact, what he ends up, I'll reiterate, he says, no, you know what? I'm perfectly comfortable. <laughs> I, I did my part. And, and Apollos did his part. You know, and, and God did his part. And I'm very content staying right here within the boundaries of obedience. I don't need to do more. I don't need to do less. I'm perfectly comfortable with my part, however seemingly insignificant it might feel in the face of the megastar Apollos that came behind me. See, we forget all the ones who sacrificed in the beginning, and all you see is the, the guy standing on stage with the new carpet and the fancy new screens. <laughs> and I want to tell you, thank you for doing your part. Well done. Well done. That's from Father. Well done. See, here's the deal. If they hadn't done their part, I couldn't do mine. And guess what? Neither they or me or anything or nothing but God who has sustained us, who has breathed on this work. You guys know the DNA is still intact. Man can't do that. That's God. 50, 50 years of successful and fruitful ministry. Because different ones along the way, including those who simply gathered seemingly in an insignificant way. Because everybody in all of those generations showed up and did their little part. Are you following what I'm saying today? Your life is significant. What's this place going to look like in 50 years? Boy, I wish I knew. I think that'd be a fun vision. Uh, maybe not. Maybe I'm like, what did they do to the place? <laughs> what were they thinking? You know, 50 years from now. See, that's the thing, guys. God's calling us right now, most of the ones who are in this room, to just do our part. So that the people who are coming behind us can stand on our shoulders and do their part and take it further than what we could ever take it. See, God's a generational God. He's lashed us all together on purpose, for purpose. Now, I, many of you, 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 you've heard pastors preach out of Hebrews chapter 11. It's the, the hall of Christian faith, right? You know, I, for years, and, and honestly, you know, still makes me tick a little bit when I read through it. I'm like, wait a second. What, did you hear what this says? Like, I'm like, uh, uh, Pastor Jeff said last night, he's like, you know, usually I'm just, I'm looking forward. I'm not looking back. Okay, that's me. I'm looking forward. And I'm like, when I started this thing, I was like, we are going to save the planet and my generation. I'm like, multi-generational God, forget that stuff. We're going to do it all right here and right now. Now, I'll tell you this. I'm going to put my foot on the throne. 
so that I can set the next generation up to go further and not have to fight the battles that I should have won, okay? You hear what I'm saying? But at the same time, I'm like, no, we're going to do it in my generation. And I'm reading this Hebrews 11. I want to read it to you because <laughs> I don't like it. Chapter 11, verse 37. Listen to this. He says, they were stoned, and, and these guys were not from Colorado. It's different. <laughs> they were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were tempted. They were put to death with a sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute and afflicted, ill-treated. See, the guys who plant have the biggest sacrifice of all, don't they? Think about that. Verse 38. Men of whom the world was not worthy, wandering in deserts and mountains and caves and holes and in the ground. Verse 39, and all of these, having gained approval through their faith, did not receive what was promised. <laughs> okay, hang on. Does anybody else find verses they don't like? We just found one. I'm like, wait a second. So these guys devoted their whole lives to vision that they had from you. These guys devoted their whole, they had a promise from you. They knew what they were shooting for, and in their lifetime, you're telling me they didn't arrive and it was to no fault of their own? <laughs> like, are you for real? Their whole lives were devoted to something that they would never see? No, thank you. I want it all, and I want it now. <laughs> I, I don't want this thing laid up to the dead. God bless them. But I don't want it laid up for the next generation. You've given me a bit. I've got the blueprint. I want to see it today. I want to see it in my lifetime. What have I been working so hard for? <laughs> in their lifetime, they never received the promise. <sighs> Are we prepared to accept the reality that God doesn't operate within the confines of my generation? but that he is multi-generational in his approach. I mean, listen, I think 50 or 120 years at best. 120 years, I'm probably really dreaming. Think about 120 years ago. You didn't have cell phone, internet, none of that. I couldn't jump that up. Right, so 50 years maybe would be a better real. And I'm a visionary, for goodness sakes. I'm like, I got 50 at best. God's not looking at 50 we're talking about the God who says he blesses unto a thousand generations. A thousand generations. We haven't had that many yet. By the way, that's a little circular plug back to your life is significant. Because you can redeem everything right now. And God will from right now on bless a thousand generations. Think about that. The next time you're tempted to believe the devil... And believing that you're insignificant. See, God doesn't think in terms of 50 years. God thinks multi-generationally. And he ties me to a people that I will never know. Listen to this next verse. Verse 40. It says, because God had provided something better for us so that apart from us, they would not be made perfect. See, I couldn't have done it without these guys. Not a single person in this room would be sitting here if it wasn't for the sacrifice that they laid out. Here's the other side of it. They couldn't do it without me. They couldn't. They couldn't get here. And I can't get there without the next gen leader. So 
I need them, they need me, and I need one who is yet to be disclosed. You understand? We are tied together, and everything that they did, and listen, I know for a fact that in your tenure, I know because I know my own story, there were days when you guys woke up and thought, what am I doing? Is this thing going to work or not? Do I even continue or not? Said every pastor in the last five years. <laughs> Is what I'm doing significant? Is this in line with the heart of God? Is that my, have I missed something somewhere? Am I, listen, we all have those moments, don't we? We have those moments when we go through the motions of our life and when we hit our head on the pillow, we're thinking, Lord God, are you using me at all? Is it significant? Is it onto something? What am I doing? Listen, I'm here to tell you it's significant because the one who comes after you can't get there without you doing your portion today. You can't get there. If you're feeling insignificant this morning, it's a lie of the enemy. You need to renounce it. It's a lie of the enemy. He has plans and purposes that go far beyond your imagination. Listen, I'm not even for a second supposing to you that's like, you know what, just sit back. You know, hit the auto cruise button because, you know, this Calvinistic God we serve, by the way, we don't believe that in this house. We can talk about that if you like. This, 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 this Calvinistic God that, that we serve, like he's going to do it all with or without me. It's going to be just great. You're significant whether you do anything or not. Listen, I'm not trying to submit to you, like just hit the autopilot button. No, I'm actually trying to do the opposite because when I, when, when I understand that God is using everything, like even the the mundane, it actually should stir the opposite in me. It should, like, faith should rise up on the inside of you this morning because you go, wait a second, I am significant. Every, like, my whole existence, that everything that I have ever, have ever done and thought and put my hands to, the way I raise my children, like, all of these things, the pulling of the weeds and the talking to that person on the street and the giving of the money to that missionary, every bit of it was significant. And if I believe that it's significant, I can begin to partner in faith with God and my intentionality should actually rise up to meet it. I'm not just hitting the autopilot and going, well, it's all good. It's just great. No, I'm actually rising to meet God so that I can become like Jesus who didn't do anything except for what he saw the Father in heaven doing. See, it actually provokes me into faith and intentionality because now all of a sudden I realize it's all significant. Every bit of it is significant. Like God brought me into this world on purpose whether man did or not. Some of you needed to hear that. God brought me into this world on purpose and he has purpose written into my DNA. Everything that I do is significant. And now that I realize that, I realize that I'm partnering with God on a significantly higher level. Wait, it's like, wait a second. Like, everything I do is significant. <laughs> everything I do is significant. Everything. Every conversation. Every time I talk to the waiter at Cancun. And that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's significant. It's significant. Mary Nell, why don't you come on up to those keys? 
Hurry up. No, I'm just I'm... <laughs> joking, joking. <laughs> I want to read this so that I, so that I don't miss one. And why don't you just go ahead and why don't you just close your eyes as I say this, but I'm going to read it through so that you hear what I'm saying. I'm going to declare it over you. But I want you to know that you're actually getting it from Father God. It's not just some preacher on the stage. This is actually from God's heart to yours, okay? It's simple. It's simple. Listen. Your life is significant. Your legacy, it's better than you think. Your impact is going further than you can imagine. Your life touches far more than you can understand. I want you to soak in this moment. I'm going to read this again. Now that you've heard it from my lips, I want you to hear it from Father's heart to yours. Because this is the truth, guys. And I want this right now, this morning, to begin to peel back the lies that we've believed that God's not using us, that we're insignificant, that I've missed it too many times, that my, the conversations that I've had, they're just insignificant. I want it to begin to peel back all the lies that the legacy that I've left just isn't even redeemable. Lies. Now listen, from the Father's heart to yours, life, your life, is significant. Now declare it back over yourself out loud. My life is significant. Here we go. My life is significant. Your legacy is better than you can think. Holy Spirit may be showing you right now areas. I want to be careful how I word this, but there might be, let me say it a different way. There might be areas coming to mind right now where you're going, yeah, but this, yeah, but that. See, the enemy would like to take all those things to try to disqualify you this morning, but God's speaking a better word over you. And if you have those little things that are coming up, I want you to do me this favor. Your homework this week will be this. Write those things down. Take them back to the Lord and ask him. Ask him where he was, what he thinks about it, what he wants you to learn. And ask him about your legacy. Can we do that this week? Your legacy is better than you can think. Now we're going to declare it. My legacy is better than I think. Okay, we ready? My legacy is better than I think. Just a couple more here. Your impact is further than you can imagine. The impact of the decisions of your life. Now, I just feel prompted by Holy Spirit. This moment I say that, that some of you immediately think in the negative. You're like, yeah, yeah, the impact of my life is, wor- it is worse. No, that's the devil. Shake him off. 
just shake him off. He just wants to bring condemnation to you. It's all lies. And that's what we're doing right now in this moment is breaking the lies and agreeing with the truth. Your impact is further. Your positive impact is further than you can imagine. declare that one. My impact, my positive impact is further than I can imagine. My positive impact is further than I can imagine. All right, hang with me. One last one. This is from the Father. My life touches far more than what I can understand. We're talking in the positive, guys. Your life touches far more people than what you can physically comprehend. All right, let's declare it. My life touches more than I can understand. Okay, here we go. My life touches more than I can understand. How are we doing? See, this is God's truth over you this morning. I want to end with this. I just want to say this. For those of you who have come straight from 1970 to 2023 to greet us this morning, thank you. Thank you for what you did. You know, at the simplest level, thank you for assembling together. See, because these guys could have all the dream that they wanted to have, and it's, none of it would happen if people didn't assemble together. <laughs> Everybody played their part. Thank you for playing yours. There's nobody more grateful except for maybe Kevin. <laughs> There's nobody more grateful than I am to be standing here because of the legacy of those who have gone on before me. Thank you. Thank you. Father, this morning we lift our hearts to you believing we are significant. Every little piece of it is significant because you're significant in us. You're significant through us. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do it all. I'm going to reach my destiny. It's going to happen. My vision, that all of the promise may not be fulfilled in my generation, but Jesus, that's okay because you are doing a work that far exceeds what I could ask or think. That's for each of you. That's not, I'm just talking Harvest Church. I'm talking for you and your life. And I bless those work. I bless the work of our hand. I bless our hearts and our minds to be steadfast on you, that we would be ones who seek first the kingdom of God, and we wouldn't get caught in the weeds of all of the distraction from the enemy saying and that it's not working or this or that. Break off that mantra from our hearts and our minds this morning in Jesus' name. And would you imprint on us that we are significant. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you would like to contact us or would like more information about our church or additional podcasts or resources, please visit us online at harvestwarnsburg.com. We hope to see you soon.